Energy is a big part of life. It has to be reset regularly. This message is the eighth in the series, I Will Reset. The message is entitled, Resetting Your Energy, Part 3. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Well, welcome this weekend to Church of the Redeemer. So glad that you're here and hope that you are uh, ready to receive from God's Word. I'm excited about what I'm going to be sharing with you this weekend. Also, just take a moment and just greet all of our dads. Happy Father's Day to you. Uh, really excited about the fact that God has some amazing plans for your life and so grateful for the investment that you make in your families. One other announcement I want to make quickly as we're getting started today. Remember that next weekend is Baptism Weekend. If you haven't been baptized since becoming a follower of Jesus, make sure that you follow up next weekend. It's a great time after all of our services, all of our campuses, there'll be an opportunity for you to be baptized. So check that out and make sure you get plugged in if that's the next step you need to take in your life. I want to continue this weekend actually in concluding a part of a series that we've been involved in called I Will Reset. And we've been talking uh, for the last couple of weekends about resetting your energy. We want to continue that theme this weekend. And just to remind you, kind of the beginning point of this whole series, the broader series we've been doing, is that we've been reminded that Jesus has an amazing plan for all of our lives. In fact, he made it very clear in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief, the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, to have a more abundant life. And so we've been talking about the fact that God made you for more that there is a life that, Je- that you can have in Jesus that is a more kind of life, an abundant life, a fulfilled life that you can never have apart from Him. But this more life, this fulfilled life in Jesus really does require some things on our part. God does His part, but then we do our part, and part of our part is really learning how to make the right decisions along the way and along life's journey. And one of those decisions is, is the decision to learn how to properly reset your life. And resetting your life is something, it's actually a, a process that you do throughout your life life because from time to time we all drift uh, in our relationship with God and our relationships with other people in various areas of life. So we have to kind of get back to where we need to be so that we don't get off track and we learn how to reset. One of those areas that we must learn how to reset is in the area of our energy. I think all of us have felt before those moments when we are just absolutely worn out, we're tired, we've lost our energetic capacity uh, to engage in life. And in fact, the word energy is a word that means to have the ability to be active, to have the physical, mental, or spiritual strength that allows you to do things. It's called usable power, energy, usable power, the fact that you can then engage. And of course, when you lose your energy, energy, you lose your engagement. When you increase your energy, you increase your engagement. And so one of the things that we have to learn to do is that in life, as we grow tired and weary along life's journey, is how do we reset our energy? What do we do that allows us to do that? And for the last couple of weekends, we've been talking about some of those reset processes. I want to continue today by sharing with you three more very important steps and resetting energy, that when you get tired, when you get weary, and your life begins to drift, here are some things that you do. So let's take a look at these things. Hope you have your Bibles, your teaching sheets ready as we dive into these three important principles this weekend. The first thing I want to talk to you about this weekend is the fact that you need to find, we need to find and flow in a personal rhythm in our lives. That word rhythm is very important. Uh, Write that word down. You might want to circle it as well. In the first part of this message series about resetting your energy, I talked about God's rhythm, that how God established 
a rhythm in creation, how that he established day and night, and there's this 24-hour cycle, and that part of our 24-hour cycle is given to activity, and the other part, night, is given to rest, and God established this activity-rest cycle. He also established it in the week because he gave us a, a, a Sabbath day, a day of rest, where we are to re-energize through our worship, re-energize through corporately, uh, jointly coming together with other believers and, and getting our spiritual life re-energized and, and, and refreshed again. And so there's a rhythm to life, and rhythm is important. Now, rhythm, what is it? A rhythm is a systematic, predictable beat or flow. That's all it is. And rhythms have moments that are on and off. If you listen to music, uh, in music, there are times when the music is playing, there are times when there are rest stops in the music, and there's a rhythm. There's something that has a pattern to it that has an on moment and an off moment that is both predictable and it's also very soothing. Uh, there's something about rhythm that you flow with that br- brings you into the process. The opposite of rhythm is arrhythmia. And think about this for a moment. Rhythm energizes, but arrhythmia actually drains you. If you have an arrhythmia in terms of your heartbeat, it creates a problem in your body. Rhythm is important to life. Rhythm in your heartbeat. Rhythm in the way that you lived. When you begin to study the life of Jesus, you realize that we realize that Jesus lived his life in rhythm. He lived his life in synchronization, if you will, in beat with God. Let me give you a couple of passages here. John chapter 5, verse number 19. Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. I want you to see there that Jesus said, I've learned how to get my life in rhythm rhythmic flow in synchronization with my Father, and so that uh, when the Father is working, I'm working. When the Father is speaking, I'm listening and speaking, and there's this rhythm. In fact, in John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus made this statement, the Father and I are one, and so he talks about this synchronization, this rhythm with his Father. And when life gets out of rhythm, your energy is drained much more quickly. So I want to talk to you about how do you get your life in rhythm? How do you live in rhythm? And I'm going to give you eight keys to rhythm. So I encourage you to to look at these as we go through, through them together. Maybe think about them in your own life. Go home this week and do some reflection upon them. But these are eight things that will help you to bring rhythm to your life that helps you to reset your life because often our lives get out of rhythm. They become arrhythmatic, if you will, and so we have to get them back into synchronization. The first thing is to set a weekly or a regularly, I should say, a regular daily pattern and weekly pattern of how you live your life. When you begin to establish a regular pattern, a daily pattern and a weekly pattern of how you live your life, what you're doing is you're actually saving tons of energy from decision making because you know what you're going to do. You establish some kind of schedule, if you will, and you determine what your priorities are for life and then you build your life around your priorities and that in that way, you're aiming for the right targets. So often in life, we just kind of go through life with whatever's coming our way in the moment, whatever seems to be urgent, and then we're pulled in a million different directions. But the better way to live is to say, what are the priorities of my life? How can I schedule my day? And how can I schedule my week based upon priority? So that you're living on purpose and you're living with purpose. That brings rhythm. Second of all, to find your best daily work and life flow. 
every day of your life, all of us are different. We all have a little different personality. We all have a little, little different uh, energy levels at different times. And what will help you to reset your energy and to maintain energy in your life is to find out, figure out your highest and lowest energy moments of each day, and then to use the highest moments for the highest priority items, and to use your highest energy for your best advantage. And so, are you a morning person? Maybe you really thrive in the morning. Well, you want to put the higher priorities in your morning. Maybe you really come alive at two o'clock in the afternoon. You want to kind of schedule that as the time that you focus in on your highest priorities. So you begin to work with you as, your, as who you are as a person. It helps rhythm in your life. Thirdly, do away with time wasters. You know, it's an important principle to realize that uh, your life is made up of time, and time is your life. And so, actually, when you invest time in the right way, you're investing in your life, and when you waste time, you're actually wasting your life. And so much of what happens in our day-to-day -day activities and worlds are really time wasters. I'm going to talk a bit about some specific things relative to that in a moment. But what you want to do is to really go through your life and look at things that are wasting time because when you waste time, it drains energy from you. The fourth thing is to learn how to limit energy drainers. In your life, you're going to have things that energize you, that when you do them, man, you just get pumped up and you're energized. It's just like surging through you. It brings your life up another level. There are other things you do in life that actually drain energy from you. Now, you can't avoid everything that drains energy from you. Some of life's duties are energy drainers, absolutely. Uh, some relationships are energy producers and some relationships are energy drainers. You can't avoid either of those dimensions. But what you can do is identify the energy drainers in your life and begin to minimize those so that you're, you're, you're giving attention to them in the right way, but you're not letting them dominate your life. For, for many of us, what happens, we fill our lives with 80% of, of energy drainers and we have nothing that is energizing us. That ener energizing obviously comes from our relationship with God, spending time with Him and making sure that that's there because when you wait upon the Lord, as we talked about in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30, we spend time with Him and trust in Him and wait upon Him. He renews our energy and renews our strength. Sometimes it's just rest time that you establish. Sometimes it might be a, an appropriate hobby that you have in your life. It's something that adds energy and begin to limit the things that drain you. The fifth thing I'll mention here is just to do the best you can to stop uh, always multitasking. Now, multitasking is doing lots of different things at one time or multiple things at one time. And multitasking, we often think of that as a productivity skill, but actually uh, from studies that have been done over the last several years, uh, we've discovered, people have discovered that actually multitasking is ineffective, it's inefficient. It actually drains energy from you. And so the word to, 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 to pay attention to here, uh, to add to to this, this equation, if you will, is the word focus. We're going to come to that word uh, in a few moments as well. So you want to try to focus your life and do your best to focus and not spend your life doing a million different things at one time, but focus is powerful. And then check your addiction to technology and to media. I'll add that media in there as well. 
You know, in our world today, we have our smartphones, we have our iPads, we have our computers, we have all these things that are around us all the time, begging for our attention, begging us to pick up and look at them, and, and they get in the way oftentimes of interactions and relationships, and many times people actually are becoming addicted to things like Facebook and these types of things in life, so that what happens is you're spending energy there, and oftentimes, actually, it becomes negative in your life, because you end up comparing yourself with other people, you begin to measure your life against what, what's happening in social media or what you're reading here or reading there, and it becomes an addiction that begins to control you. Now, I'm not saying that uh, we ought to throw all technology away or all media away. Obviously, our life is enhanced at times by technology and by media. It obviously can be a very powerful tool for good if we use it in the right way. But it's important to be aware of the fact that you can become very, we can become very easily addicted to these things, and then what it does is it actually drains energy from us. Number seven, the seventh thing here in terms of being able to get into the right rhythm of life is to give yourself fully to the moment that you're in. Let me quickly say this. What you don't want to do in life is live in your past, and you don't want to live in your future. Your past is your past, your future is not here yet. And so oftentimes, we spend a lot of our time and attention kind of mulling over stuff in our past, maybe the regrets or the things that are back there, and they continue to haunt us and affect us, or we're projecting ourselves out into the future through what's coming down the line, what we want to happen or what we are concerned about happening, and so we live back here or we live out there and when you're living back here or out there you're missing right now and the right now the present is the only moment that you have and when you're living past or future it drains energy it keeps you out of a good life rhythm where you should be in the moment the next thing I'll mention to you here as we're talking about how to get in rhythm for your life is to learn to embrace interruptions and changes uh, positively and graciously. In your schedule, we talked about earlier establishing a schedule for your day, a schedule for your week, and scheduling in your priorities, but to also be aware that there's no schedule that's going to ever be perfectly kept. There's no week that will go by, or generally no day that will go by, that everything you wanted to happen or do in that day gets done. And so what you have to do in your life, we have to do in our lives, is to make adjustments to the reality of interruptions and changes that come our way and to learn how to handle them positively and graciously. I'll show you why this is important. Because if you don't handle changes uh, and interruptions in your life schedule positively and graciously, then you succumb to rigidity. Rigidity is I've got to have things this way. And boy, I get, really get freaked out. I get really stressed out if anything changes. And, and rigidity is, is, is a breaker. It is an energy drainer. It stresses you out. People that are rigid get very stressed out. But flexibility, while you can have a schedule and you can work that schedule and try to do your best to maintain the priorities associated with it, flexibility says, I know that certain things are going to come my way that I'm going to have to adjust to. And when I adjust to them, I'm going to adjust to them positively. And I'm going to adjust to them graciously. I'm going to live with a, with a proper flexibility because flexibility Flexibility relaxes you. Rigidity stresses you. Flexibility 
relaxes you. So there's structure with flexibility. All of these things will help you to stay in a life rhythm and will help you to preserve your energy. And so to reset energy, oftentimes what you need to do is take a look at the rhythm of life. God built you for rhythm. God is a God who established rhythm in creation. He established rhythm for you and our energy is best preserved and increased when we learn to live rhythmically with God in the right priorities and patterns. The second thing I want to talk to you about this weekend is learning how to be grateful. If you're going to reset your energy, you have to, you have to be grateful. You have to learn the principles of gratitude. Think about it. What happens to you when, you're, when you grumble and complain about something or someone? What happens to you emotionally? What I've learned over the years and continue to learn that when I move into a grumbling, complaining mode, when I start belly aching uh, and I start focusing in on the negative parts of life, I, I begin to have my energy drain. It seems like it's just pulling the plug on my energy because this negativity always has an impact on your energy. And for many people, what happens is it's a complaining and, and, and grumbling and belly aching about life, if you will, becomes a part of their way of life and their way of thinking. And negative mindsets and attitudes become so pervasive, they, they don't even recognize them when they're there, and they don't even realize how much energy they're forfeiting because of this, this negative pattern of life. And what we want to do is move from the negative, move from the complainers and the gripers and the grumblers into people who are grateful. Because not only are grateful people easier to be around, but grateful people have more energy. The more grateful you are, the more energy there will be in your life. And sometimes the resetting of your energy is as simple as just stopping the grumbling and stopping the complaining and to start thanking and praising God. See, there's energy in praise. There's energy in worship. There's energy in praise. There's energy in thanksgiving. There's energy in in gratitude. Look at some of the verses with me in the Bible that uh, speak about this. In fact, why don't we read Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 together. I'm going to ask all of us at all of our campuses to read aloud and loudly here with me. Philippians 2, verse 14 from the New Living Translation together. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Notice that. Do everything. What things? Everything. Circle that word, everything. Everything without complaining and do it without arguing. Have you noticed that when you complain and when you argue, I mean, it just drains you. It creates, it creates fatigue in your life. Colossians 3.15. Let me read this for you. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Notice this. And always be, what's the word there? Thankful. Always be thankful. Why did God write into the pages of Scripture this calling to be thankful? Because thanksgiving creates things in us in a positive way. Not only is appreciation to God, but it does wonderful, healthy things for us. Colossians 3.17. Let's read this one together. Read with me. All of our campuses, aloud and loudly. Here we go. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do and whatever you say, realize that you're representing Jesus and then make sure you do it with thanksgiving to God, thanksgiving to Christ for his presence in your life, his work in your life. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, listen to this. Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So again, what is the will of God for your life? The will of God for your life is to be grateful, to be thankful. Why? Because it brings tremendous benefit to you. Can you imagine with me just for a moment? Let's envision for a moment how much energy could be preserved and how, how many good things could be done if we were all more grateful, if we practiced gratitude. Let me share with you five things that will help you to become a more grateful person because I want to make this very, very practical to you this weekend. What do you do to grow your gratitude? How do you begin to reset your energy by learning how to actually uh, develop this attitude of thanksgiving in your life? Number one, you need to look for the good. Uh, instead of looking for the bad, always have your eyes open. Look means that you're looking for. Your eyes are open to seeing the good. And I think we all have a, 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 an orientation at times to see the bad, to see the tough stuff, to see the things that we don't like. But open your eyes and look for good. Good is around you. God is good and God has placed good things and good blessings in your life. But you and I need to open our eyes to see them. And then think about the best. When you're thinking about another person, instead of thinking about the, thinking the worst about them, think the best about them. When you're looking at a circumstance, instead of thinking about the worst of the circumstance, think about the best of the circumstance. I think we all have the tendency when we're looking at a circumstance to create the, the, the worst case scenarios. But we have to also begin to build into our mindset thinking positively about God's work in our life and thinking the best. And then express appreciation. Thanksgiving, I often will say this, and I try to remember this in my own life as well, is that Thanksgiving is not Thanksgiving until it's given, okay? So there is a giving part of Thanksgiving. You can't so much just think Thanksgiving. It starts with a thinking process, thinking about the best, thinking about the blessings, but then it moves beyond the thoughts to the giving, the actual doing. And so when you begin to speak words of gratitude to people around you, you write a note of gratitude to someone, you express to God your gratitude for blessings in your life, just the verbalization of that, the articulation of that, the expression of that appreciation actually creates a grateful spirit in you. And then remember the value. Remember the value that's being added into your life by circumstances, that even when you're uh, going through things in life that may be challenging in the moment, it's teaching you something, you're learning something from it. In the good moments of life, you're, you're, there's a value added to you of the blessing of God in your life. Uh, people that come into your life, they're adding value. And so remember that whatever, whatever I'm in right now, there's some value here for my life if I will mine the value, if I will look for it, if I will let it become real to me. And so that, again, creates this whole attitude, this whole orientation of gratitude that increases energy. And the fifth thing that I gave you there is to just keep repeating the process. What, what do you mean, repeat the process? Keep looking for the good, think, keep thinking about the best, keep expressing appreciation, keep, keep remembering the value. It's sort of like your, your shampoo bottle in the, in the shower. It says, you know, uh, pour a certain amount out, shampoo, and then repeat again. And so you just keep doing it again. There's a process that you continue in in your journey that keeps this gratitude 
continue growing because I will tell you that if you don't keep, if you don't repeat the process, uh, ingratitude can slip in very, very quickly. And when ingratitude slips in, your energy begins to wane. And so if you're going to reset energy, you've got to get into rhythm. There's a rhythm of life. Rhythm creates energy. It actually preserves energy. And you have to learn how to be grateful. Practice and develop your gratitude. And then the third thing that I want to talk to you about this this weekend as we're talking about resetting energy is to learn to focus on God's purpose. I used that word a moment ago, and I want you to write that word down again. Focus. Focus on God's purpose. Focus affects energy. It always does. Focus affects energy. Life has its, its way of sort of pulling us out of focus, pulling us, if you will, into the weeds of life. And we lose focus of the big picture. We lose focus of things that are vital. And many times we get lost in the activities and the urgencies and the concerns of life, and we completely lose sight of the bigger things, the bigger purposes. And our focus, we get out of focus. It's like when you're, you're taking a picture uh, with a camera and you have your camera on manual focus. What you have to do is you have to zero in to the right focus. There's an adjustment that has to be made. And we have to think of our lives that way, that as we go through life, we so easily, the, the the focal point on our lives begins to be sort of distorted one way or another and we lose the sharpness of vision that we need on what life is all about and what our lives and our purpose in life is all about. It happens, for example, in parenting. You know, what can happen in parenting is that you get so busy with the demands of parenting that you lose perspective of the privilege of being a parent. And so you got all this stuff going on and you lose the big picture of, wow, I only have a certain number of years with these kids and what a, what a great opportunity to invest in them. And so then the day-to-day grind keeps you from the focus of the bigger picture of the joy and the responsibility of being a parent. It can happen in your work life that you get so busy in your work life that you kind of like doing this, doing that, that you lose perspective or focus on the positive impact or the positive contribution that you're making or the provision that's coming to you through your labors, the rewards of your work. You don't see that anymore because all you see is the work. And so, again, things get out of focus. Uh, the pressures of your schedule can cause you uh, to lose and lose focus on just the joy of being alive. So you got all this stuff going on. Boy, my life is so busy and everything's sort of out of focus here and there. And you lose perspective or focus or sharpness on just the joy of the fact that God has given you a life to live. And so anytime you increase focus, you increase energy. Say that again. Anytime you increase focus, you increase energy. And anytime you diminish your focus, you diminish or you decrease your energy. It's an equation, two equations to remember. Increased focus equals increased energy. Diminished or decreased focus results in diminished or decreased energy. Your focus affects your energy. Now, the most energizing focus you will ever have in your life is to focus on God's purpose for your life. That will, that will get you moving more than anything else will. The Bible says that without a vision, people perish. 
That is, if you don't have the right vision in your life, actually that word for vision speaks of a divine revelation, a divine understanding of who God made you to be, what God wants you to do. So without a vision, what happens? You're going to perish. As you're not going to have the energy, the drive, the capacity, the engagement that you need in life. So without a vision, you're going to perish. Now the opposite of that is true as well. With vision, you're going to thrive. With vision, there's going to be energy in your life. And so vision is all about God's purpose for your life. Let me give you some verses that will help you to understand this concept of purpose and the vision that God has for you. Notice Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. But I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all of the earth. Now this was a particular passage given, I believe it was to Pharaoh in Egypt, but it really does apply to you that God raises you up. He gives you life for a purpose that he might show his power in you, that his name might be proclaimed in all of the earth through you. And so there is a value to your life. Your life is not just living here for X numbers of years and just sort of like surviving and making it and then dying. No, there's a bigger reason for you living. Listen to Paul's words to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He, Jesus Christ, has saved us and called us. Notice that, called us. That's you and me. Calling emphasizes a sense of purpose. There's value to your life. There's meaning to your life. He has saved us and called us. He called you to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. That is, he has a purpose in your calling. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. And so with a purpose, when you begin to embrace it, comes a grace of upon your life, and grace represents favor or power to accomplish far more than you could ever dream of accomplishing on your own. So when you live with purpose, you live with energy, you live with divine favor, you live with a sense of blessing on your life to accomplish something that is bigger than you. You're not just doing life for you, you're doing life for the purposes of God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Notice Jesus speaks of our purpose. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says here, you are, you are. This is a purpose, it's an identity here. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The key thing that I want you to see here is that God put you on this planet for a purpose. You are to be a light to the world. What world? Well, the world that you are in. So you can't light up the whole world, but there is a world that God has placed you in, a world of your family, a world where you work, a world in terms of your neighborhood, a world in the terms of your connections and life uh, connections with, with uh, other followers of Jesus Christ in his church. There's a world that God has placed you in, and God says every day I want you to wake up and realize that you you have a purpose. Your purpose is to light up your world, not to add more darkness into your world, but to actually light up your world. There is a purpose to your life. So focus on a purpose. Why? Because when you're focused, there is energy. And if you need to reset your energy, oftentimes what you do to reset energy is you get back in line with purpose, with vision. Vision always energizes. Now, I'm going to give you uh, some, 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 maybe something you can do every day, okay? 
or if you don't do it every day, maybe start a practice, learn to do something like this on a consistent basis because these, the, the statements I'm going to give you are statements that will help you to remember your purpose on a day-to-day basis in the midst of the busyness of life and can help you stay reset in your energy. So I'm going to give you seven confessions, seven statements that are powerful to make daily in your life that can help you stay energized. Number one, wake up in the morning and as you begin your day, make this declaration. I am grateful for life now and eternally. Start your day saying, I am grateful to be alive. Not I'm sad I'm alive, but I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for the life that God has given me and my life has meaning and purpose now and eternally. The second statement, I have a God given purpose. I want you to say that together with me right now. Come on, all of us together uh, across all of our campuses, would you say with me, I have, say it with me, I have a God-given purpose. Let's say it again. I have a God-given purpose. Now I want you to say it like you really, really mean it, like you're serious about it, okay? I have a God-given purpose. Now, when you identify yourself with a purpose that God has for your life, then again, you start your day with energy. You live your life, uh, not just by the demands that are around you, but you live your life with a sense that I'm going somewhere, doing something for the sake of God's work and God's kingdom. The third statement that is valuable to make is this, today is an opportunity to bless, serve, and share the love and message of Jesus Christ. I'm alive today. I'm grateful for life. I have a God-given purpose. And my opportunity today is to bless somebody, to serve somebody, to share the love and message of Jesus Christ with someone. I'm living my life on purpose. The fourth statement is you go into your work every day. Make this statement. My work is part of my worship. That as I go to work today, I'm not going to work just to do a job, not just to be busy, not just to get a a paycheck. All those things are valuable. But I'm going to work today because my work is a part of my worship to God. Even in my work, there's a purpose. In my work, I am worshiping Him. And then the fifth thing to declare as you go into your day is this, God and others are counting on me, that I am needed by God to assist and bless and help other people, that other people are counting on me, that God is counting on me to be a part of his team and to be a part of helping accomplish his work in the world. And then number six, make the declaration, God is present with me, to declare that as you are in every part of your day, that you're not alone, that you're not walking walking through life by yourself, but God is there with you. And then the seventh thing to make the declaration that God's plan is good, that God is a good God. God's plans for my life is good. I can expect good from God because I know that his purpose and his plans are always good. Seven statements that you can make on a continual basis, a regular basis, perhaps a daily basis that will help you to maintain, reset, focus, and thereby reset energy. So what do we talk about this weekend? We talk about the importance of resetting energy by finding and flowing in a personal rhythm. Get your life in rhythm. Get rid of the arrhythmia from your life and get into a rhythmic flow of your life. And then be grateful. Grow your gratitude. Begin to get the grumbling and complaining out of your life and bring the gratitude in. And then make sure you get focused and stay focused and bring yourself back around. Reset the focus and vision of your life on God's purpose. When you do that, you'll stay 
far more energized than when you don't. Let's reset our energy by practicing these principles. Would you join me together as we pray? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful today for your word. We're grateful for the opportunity that we've had to study. We're grateful that your word speaks to the very practical areas of our life. And Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would help us, Lord, each one of us, to find a fresh personal life rhythm. Lord, where we've gotten out of rhythm, I pray we would get back into rhythm. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as well to learn to be grateful. Father, forgive us of all the times that we grumble and complain. And Lord, I pray that there would be a resetting even today of an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving in our lives. And Lord, I pray that also you would help us to refocus on the fact that we're not just living life haphazardly, but Lord, there is a purpose for our lives. Help us to sharpen that focus and realize that we're living for something bigger than ourselves. Help us to stay focused on the vision and purpose you have for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.